Hey there, guys. Just want to uh, chime in before the show starts and let you know that uh, I apologize for the quality of this audio. Um, big props to Zencaster, though. Uh, we, me and Adam, my guest this week, we recorded on Zencaster. Everything sounded fine on our end. Um, and I'm not exactly sure what happened. Neither is Zencaster, but I want to give big props to Zencaster because Josh over there sent my audio over to an expert audio engineer to try to fix it up a bit and and they did a really good job uh, of making it sound a little bit better. Um, I had to go in there and I had to cut it up a little bit just to uh, make sure that it still sounded a little good. So while this episode isn't perfect sound quality wise, uh, it is, you get the gist of the interview. Um, Adam's uh, audio was not affected at all, it was just my side. So uh, Zencaster is working on the issues now so that it shouldn't happen again in the future. Um, it would, you know, Zencaster is uh, typically always on point and the times that they aren't, they do their very best to help you out and they, um, they were able to get an audio engineer to uh, make this episode sound much, much better than it originally did. So big thanks to Josh from Zencaster, Zencaster.com. Check them out if you're a podcaster and you have to do interviews. Um, <clears throat> all right, that's all I wanted to say is I just wanted to apologize for the quality of this audio. So let's get to it, my interview with Adam from DarkNightNews.com. Everything is Awesome is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Check out some of our other shows like TV Ate My Brain, Let's Chat with Revelin Friends, and Podstalgic at courtandparts.com. This week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. Make sure you check us out on awesomepodcast.com. You check out our podcast at Court Temparts uh, at CourtTempArts.com. There's a lot of great shows there, like Let's Chat, Talking Shandala, and TV at My Brain, and many, many others. Uh, and make sure you uh, this podcast on iTunes. Uh, I'm knocking this all out of the way now because I always forget to do it at the end of the show. Uh, so, and recommend to a friend, why not? Uh, this week's guest, I am very, very excited about. Um, we uh, we started uh, talking several months ago uh, when I got involved with Dark Knight Noobs, uh, a, a awesome fan website about Batman. Obviously, if you don't know that, you should listen to the show. And uh, he is an assistant over there. He's minor. And we got to talking and found out that we have plenty in common, uh, including Kevin Smith. So if you are not a fan of Batman uh, or anything, really, the show pretty much covers on a, I'd say, 90% basis than you should now. Uh, without further ado, please welcome to the show uh, an editor for Dark Knight News, host uh, for Dropping Loads podcast, and uh, I think a slew of other things he does that we'll get into. I'm not going to even attempt the last name here. Please welcome Adam P. Yeah. A- Adam, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much. Thanks for letting me up. Thank you for having me on. Um, How does one pronounce your last name? Oh, okay. I mean, like, it's pretty phonetic. It's uh, it, the way you look at it. Just try to sound out each sil- syllable. It's Poncho Rowan Sub. <laughs> okay. I... I- I think that's how I would have done it if I took it, took a stab at it. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad you did, and uh, now people know. People know how to pronounce it. Uh, so uh, I like to kick things off uh, with this, with, with getting some origin points for um, 
what what I have the guests here on for. And so you're going to do things we're going to zero in on yeah. today. <laughs> Uh, let's, let's start with podcasting because obviously it's a medium that we both enjoy. Uh, what's your origin point? Like what got you into podcasting and then what eventually led you to decide that you want to start podcasting? Um, I mean, and I'm almost positive. The question's also, the answer's the same for you. Uh, Kevin Smith, I mean, he's a huge podcaster. He has like 800 podcasts and stuff like that. So, you know, just listening, constantly listening. And this was during his like period of, you need to podcast because everybody has a voice, everybody has a story, things like that. You know, he was trying to be very inspirational about everyone following the dreams, especially when it comes to podcasting, because you, you get to tell your own story and it doesn't really, really require millions of dollars to do so. And then he just released that book, uh, Tough Shit. I'm sorry, can I curse? Oh, yes, of course. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, tough shit. That that great little um autobiography kind of uh, memoirs that he released. That was like a very inspirational book. I'm sure you've read it. And like my buddy and I, like really really big Kevin Smith fans. We're like the most obsessive people of, Ke- of, of most obsessive of Kevin Smith that that I know around us. Like we talk about him all the time. We listen to all his podcasts. And both of us read the book. And we're and we're both just like one day I was just like, do you want to just do it? Do you want to just start a podcast? He's like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And that was that. <laughs> Simple as that. We just decided to just get together with a couple friends grab some rock band mics and just record <laughs> super neat like the like this like how indie that is because you would think that yeah. my story would be similar because you know as we've talked outside of this show you know for our mutual love of kevin smith um he's actually like now in, you know in this um generation of me podcasting i would say he's definitely one of the reasons why i do it and and it's definitely someone that i look up to in the podcasting field but uh, I go back to the days uh, in Philly that one of the stations ran a contest um, to be a DJ on their show. Wow. And at like 16 or 17 years old, I was like, oh, yeah, I so want to do this. And um, it never like me and my buddy were too lazy. We never actually did anything. But but years later, the idea of a podcast had presented itself. Um, but this is going back to 2007 uh, when I first started podcasting. And it's really in its infancy. Like, I think podcasting is, if I've been podcasting for about 10 plus years, podcasting is only about 11 plus years old. It's not, it's, it's, I've been in it since the beginning almost. Uh, so like the, what we were trying to do is so new that, that we, we followed radio. So like my early shows are very formatted, like a two hour radio show. Um, I don't know. Did Florida, you live in Florida, correct? Yes. Miami. Okay. Did you guys ever have anything like when Stern went to satellite? Did any of become free FM or like a talk only station? I mean, I wasn't a big fan of talk radio when I was younger. That's uh, that's tough for me to answer. No, not really. I mean, um, talk radio in in South Florida. Like, I think the biggest and longest running are these two uh, two guys named Paul and Young Ron. Uh, they've always been on the radio. They've never really done anything. They've switched over to a few different stations, but they they were going on for most seventeen years. And recently, one of them retired i believe so no I don't, I don't think so i mean like that's the only one I ever followed and they they've been pretty consistently on on the you know on the regular radio not nothing like satellite or serious yeah see like i um philly is a pretty big market i think for talk radio well, for just for radio in general and there's that and right now the big is sport talk radio now like that is all like our rock station our classic rock station that was you know even when it went to free fm on the weekends and I think at night it was still playing rock music uh, that got that, that dissolved and turned into a sports talk radio we have two or three sports talk radio on FM right here in Philly uh, and then and prior to that you know it was 
when Stern, like Stern was huge here and when he left FM, uh, which is what like I think I guess maybe bigger markets like New York, I know Philly, I know parts of somewhere in California, a couple of places I traveled to all had their version of free FM. And uh, it was for me bliss because it was it was uh, you know this DJ Kid Chris who, who's gone on to do um, a bunch of different cool things in different cities. Uh, it was Kid Chris, Opie and Anthony, uh, Barsky, Matt Huggy, which is who we based our show off of. Um, all these cool talk radio guys, and that was where all my inspiration came from. And that's honestly, and I wouldn't say necessarily like, start. They're the guys that influence and Matt and Huggy, like Free FM, influenced my podcasting way more than anyone else up until about that was two years ago when I started. Mm. Everything is awesome, and that's really like if I were to sell you this show two years ago, it was uh, it was it was this, the pitch was well, it's kind of like Fat Man on Batman, but except uh, you know, take out Batman and replace it with podcasts. <laughs> like I just want to talk to a bunch of podcasters. That's cool. I mean, like so that means you have like real like homegrown roots and and talk yeah. radio and podcasting. That's pretty cool. Like yeah, no, Miami's not a hotbed yeah. for podcasting or or talk radio. I mean, I mean everybody in, in Miami just listens to the listens to pop music. You know, pop music, R and B, rap, all the, all that crap. Like that's that's what dominates what our, our our uh, radio stations i mean we had one long-running rock station and that's where paul and ron were for a little bit and then that disappeared and then we got another one and that disappeared and like we just we can't stay consistent with our rock stations because nobody listens to rock in miami it's just a very small uh, community of rock uh, compared to like all over the probably country um i mean it's just it's a little disappointing but thankfully there's one classic rock station that's remained and hopefully it doesn't go away it's a really good station but yeah it's just it people don't want to listen to talk if they listen to talk it's going to be in the morning when they're listening when they're on the on the way to commuting to work and then they of course they want to make sure they listen to their pop music as well it's just a big pop music city unfortunately yeah i've been to miami uh once or twice for work going back probably more than 10 years ago now at this point and it does um and i uh for a little bit um with my my then manager and it's definitely uh strikes me as at least a music city i I wouldn't really pinpoint any genre because i'm not much of a music guy but it's definitely very um What's the? It's I guess I don't know flamboyance the word I want to use because that always makes it sound like a, a, a negative term I think but it's just very dramatic Miami is. I mean it's I mean especially South Beach you went to the the hot like the place for music I mean that's where like of course that's where all the clubs are it's where all the dancing is like they'll play, they'll play loud music obviously because the clubs don't don't close until like four or five in the morning sometimes even later depending on the day like it's you're, 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 you're like it just will drive down a certain road in South Beach and you will hear, you'll hear a wall of music surrounding you and things like that so that mean that would be the place for music <laughs> yeah um but yeah, yeah yeah so it's i love the the, the rock band mics because for me like <laughs> it, and even like now i haven't settled for anything really less than a radio shack microphone uh <laughs> which is is probably just about the same playing field mic but like you know i'm using a you know a, a blue um blue snowball mic now and then when i'm in my actual studio when that's finally built it's gonna be a bunch of sure microphones and stuff so it's i've never like as indie as i consider myself uh i feel like that's <laughs> way more indie is like to say hey man let's grab like this whatever microphones we can get plug them into you know a computer or computers or however you guys did it like so so what was your first when you first started what was your setup because like, oh, yeah. usb mics typically you know at least with a windows pc you can only get one working at a time so what was your setup for like those early episodes wow um okay so we just we, i mean we we're pr- pr- pretty um 
uh, I, I, it, it doesn't get more indie than trying to use as many free programs as possible and whatever we have around the place. Uh, we grabbed this, um, we grabbed this uh, recording software called Crystal Media, I believe, uh, which is completely free on the internet. I don't, it, I don't know if it's still available online or not. Um, we grabbed the Rock Band USB USB hub, like that's I still use it to this day because it's actually a pretty nifty little USB hub. We plugged in like three or four mics, and then we had one of my friends come in with uh, one of those gaming headphone um, headphones with the mic attached to it. Uh, so that was that, and then like we just we held the mics to our our mouths and we just started talking. And it's the worst sounding podcast you will ever hear. It's it, episode zero. Like I, I we have an episode zero. Where we sit there and we try to figure out what our podcast is about. I never tell people to listen to that podcast because it is the worst <laughs> piece of trash you'll ever listen to. I mean, thankfully we've evolved, but like you know, we just we slowly started moving up. I mean, it took a long time um, for mic stands. My my buddy was pretty crafty, so he started creating like mic stands out of PVC pipes and spray painting it black just to make a click of mic stand. And we were, we were using those rock band and guitar hero mics for like a good thirty episodes before we decided to um, finally move up a little bit. I, I mean, first we started using blue snowballs that lasted like a hundred episodes for a bit, and then we've recently just got a mixer and like some really nice like mics that we plug into the mixer. I don't know what brand they are, but um, I think they're compatible with our mixer, and uh, now finally we're like, okay, we have some professional grade mat- uh, um, equipment for once, and, and you know we're on our 200th episode, and I promise you, we just got to this professional equipment on like 160. So it's 160 episodes of being indie as we can and trying not yeah. to spend as much money well, as we and that's can. What you have to do, you know, as a podcaster, because as <laughs> you know, you, you mentioned Kevin Smith said that you know everyone should be doing a podcast, and I agree with that. That everyone should be doing a podcast podcast because in this day and age it really can be like the most inexpensive like once you get into it then there are several costs and like for me it's it's and it's not even the hard like i mean once i'm done like rebuilding my studio the equipment cost it's you know it's i think my budget for uh equipment cost is going to be so like i have to come up with like i think five thousand dollars to 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 get the equipment that i want uh in that studio uh, so, but that, that's like just me being like, all right, I, it's after 10 years, it's time to upgrade from the, and I did, I have the, I, this, what I'm using now is the best sounding mic I've ever used. Um, really? in my own okay. studio. Uh, I've definitely used like way better microphones for other shows that I was just part of, oh, I see. but, um, plus like the, the, the st- like storage fees and hosting fees. And, you know, if you're going to pay for logos, if you're going to pay for, um, you know, merchandise or or anything like any little thing, it it is, you know, my warning to podcasters or want to be podcasters is like, listen, like definitely do it and do it for the passion because it's going to be a hobby that costs you lots of money and you're Mm -hmm. never going to recoup that unless like you somehow like 1% of the podcast make money. Like it's, oh, it's yeah. <laughs> if you can do it great, but like uh, expect it to be just something that you do for fun. Like you'll be passionate about it. And you will be spending money. Like it, it doesn't end because of course there are month, monthly like hosting fees, like you said, like, and then of course um, uh, we had a, do- yeah. we have to pay for domain names yearly. And then we had to buy a WordPress theme outright. And then I had, thankfully I had a, like a, I had a programmer web designer that was like a really close childhood friend. So he did a lot of, of it for on the cheap so that was really really cool of him and and it's just it doesn't get 
get cheaper. Like it, it just the cost yeah. will grow if you get better at it, especially if you want to get better at it. You know, it's one of the things where it, once you realize that you you can get better at this, you have to realize that you, more money is gonna have to be put down for this hobby. And I feel like that you know, you, you, like you went about it such the like incredibly the right way of like going indie so hardcore indie because when I started. Uh, and now, like I said, mind you, when I started, there wasn't many podcasters and it was more so like, let's think of it as a radio show. So for me, like I went in, I was like, I'm going to go in, I'm going to be the best damn podcaster out there because no one else is doing it. And I want to make all the money. And when my, my feeling on podcasting is if that's how you go into it, like, oh, I want to do it because like I see Mark Marin and I see Kevin Smith and I see Adam Carolla and I see all these guys making money at sitting around mm-hmm. talking in front of their computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know. It, it sounds like that you guys did not hit any walls if you're almost at 200 episodes. Uh, I, I think my longest running podcast went about 160 episodes and maybe 170 and um, it, it's you hit walls if you have the mindset of I want to make money because it, it starts to feel like a job when you don't have that passion behind it. If you have the passion behind it, you know, you can easily get to, for me, I'm approaching episode 100 uh, in, in about two mm. months from when you and I are recording right now. So, like, for me, even though I've already hit my 10-year mark in the business, um, hitting 100 episodes and not one episode has ever felt like work is a huge accomplishment because I've in 10 years 10 and we'll say a little, a little bit less than 10 and a half. I've all, I've hosted and been and created about 15 podcasts, something like that. It's insane when you go into it for the wrong reasons, how much more work you create for yourself. But I mean, you can tell that you're really into this because I don't know if I could do it for 10 years. I mean, I've been doing it for five years and it's, it's starting to take its toll. It's getting really like a little difficult because it's just like, okay, so let's say I record on a Tuesday. My week is shot. I have to make sure I give myself time to edit the podcast. My podcast is about an hour and 10 sometimes. And I'm very meticulous with the way I edit. So I have to make sure that I go in and I cut stutters and dead spots. So I'm, I'm very meticulous. So it's just like it's becoming a grind for sure. But like it's... It, it, but I don't know if, and I don't, because I don't, honestly don't know if I can see myself doing it for another five years, but I, right now I, I'm loving it and I really enjoy just like, like having so many podcasts behind my, uh, under our belt, you know, like it's to almost 200. That's, a, I have, I don't know any, I don't know a lot of podcasts that can hit that number. Absolutely you know? accurate. And like, there's this awesome stat out there um, that, uh, you know, there's out of every podcast that starts, maybe uh, 50 to 60 percent of them hit 10 episodes. And out of those podcasts, only about 15 uh, or 50 percent of those make it to 50 uh, episodes. So the wow. fact that like, you know, you, we're, this is literally a medium that anyone can join. And I do like I'm not one of those guys um, that, that thinks that like, oh, you know what? You have this idea that's a podcast that everyone else does. Um, I don't think you should do it because that, that's insane to me because just because everyone else is doing two guys sitting around talking doesn't mean that these two new guys aren't going to bring something new to the table and aren't going to bring something entertaining to the table. So, like, I, you know, just like Kevin Smith, I believe everyone should try one. Um, so that means literally there could be four billion podcasts out there that start and and only – you know, probably about a million of them are going to end up getting to 100, 200 episodes. 
so like hitting 200 episodes like i don't as an indie podcaster i think that's incredible because it's it's you know i really only see the the quote-unquote big guys get it like kevin smith adam Kroll, the, you know those guys get yeah. mm-hmm. you know triple digits that that you know babylon's about to hit 300 episodes that's that seems yeah. expected to me because it's it's a celebrity doing it and, and obviously making money off of it yeah versus i'm sure you've probably spent way more money than you've ever made in doing 200 episodes i don't want to even think about it <laughs> i don't even want to think about it because i mean i i am responsible because my my uh, my partner works on the youtube and he spends a lot of money on the youtube so I, I can't even even imagine but like over the 10 years obviously like all the costs with domains like i said all the costs with server hosts it's, it's crazy um equipment and so on i mean i mean thank you i really appreciate it i'm pretty excited about it um 200 is a, i hate to say, toot my own horn but 200 is a big deal like i've had so many podcasting buddies that love podcasting and never even finished if we never even got to 100 you know i have like a really close podcasting buddy that um that owns the network that we're on right now and their podcast only reached 100 and something before they had to call before someone called to quits you know it's 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 um it's it's sad because i've had so many podcasting friends over the, over the last five years and a lot of them ended up dropping out of the podcasting uh game i guess you could call it and so i'm, I'm pretty excited like i'm, I'm pretty pr- I, I hate to say it, but i am pretty proud that we're almost there we're almost there we could i just released 198 on well, sunday and, and so it, it's i mean really it definitely close. you shouldn't like you should not feel bad saying that you should be proud because like i said like it's not not every show especially indie shows um gets that number at all and it is like an incredible feat that like I know like and, and it's I, I've been in almost every, you know, uh, host and and just and that's it host and producer or just producer. Um, and then also like maintaining it as a, um, you know, a, a one man team, which is what I'm doing now versus a two or three or four. Um, you know, when you have more people as hosts on your show like that. I, we, I, I just listened to um, an old episode of mine because it, it had my uncle on it and I had put it to the side when I found it because I wasn't ready to listen to it. And I finally listened to it the other day to, to, to get it ready to post for like a, a, an open week that I had. And in that episode, I, I said the most insane thing it was, oh, it's the three of us. We need to find a fourth person because I think four people on the show is great. And I don't, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, it sounds like that's what you guys have. No, three, three. Okay, so three. Yeah. Um, I, even that is too many for me. I, I barely, like, I, the reason, one of the main reasons this show exists is because I can't, it's hard to schedule. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure, yeah, you know this. Mm-hmm. It's hard to schedule between one like two people three people four people getting four three three to four people in the same room at one time on a weekly basis is like it's just that's what killed it for me and and so i think what i owe a lot of the success to everything is awesome is that like it's just me the only thing i have to do is make sure that i have someone to talk to and even if that falls through like i'll do something stupid like sit around in my car <laughs> and talk to myself as batman and, and, and that's how I fill a half hour or something. So my advice to, to like you saying like, oh, you don't know if you have five more years in you, find something fun and silly to do to, to elongate that time. Because that's what 
at least in my 10 years, I've discovered is that when I find new things and new challenges and just new, like our 100th episode that we're going to do uh, for Everything is Awesome, I don't have any details finalized, but I'm hoping to, to go way off the norm, you know, from, from sitting down and talking to one person or doing even a live show where I, where I do like a, my take on, on the tonight show. It's, I love that. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you listen to tabletop yeah. podcasts, but they are the ones I listen to are a lot I of don't. comedians that sit around and play. So they're like the, literally the funniest, like the only thing I laugh more at is, is tell them Steve, Dave. Um, it is some of the funniest work that I've ever seen out there. So, like, it's something that, like, hey, you know what? I want to take a stab at doing something different. And I think that is huge. Um, I don't know. Have you guys stayed the course over the last 198 episodes? Uh, oh, no. No. <laughs> no. What, Continue, sorry. What was your so, – so what was your original format and what has it evolved to? Okay, um, it's yeah, it's it's been different. Um, okay, so when we first started, we had four people on, and then we got five people on, and we were just like, we need to make sure all five people are here at the same time. And of course, like you said, that was a scheduling nightmare. Just trying so hard to get that many people in. And sometimes one of them is moody and doesn't want to get on the pot, doesn't want to get on the mic, and someone's just like <laughs> being very flaky. It's, 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 it, of course, we finally just said, okay, this can't happen again. So we, after about maybe about 30 so 20 something 30 episodes we were like okay so we just realized a good dynamic was three three people we don't because like with more than three people everybody wants to talk and they're always talking over each other and so on and so forth so that's always a bit of a difficult thing and then like after, then we realized three people isn't that hard um my my my, my, my co-host it has a has always had a, a consistent schedule so as long as you as long as you just ask him ahead of time like a week beforehand he'll just you know make sure that he schedules that time out to podcast that week so that's always been very very easy and then um i'll always find time i'll force it i'll make i'll find a way and then the third one is not that hard as long as we both try to um, accommodate the third person so um, which we can because we're both pretty flexible. So that that's how it worked out. Eventually, we're like three. The the magic number is three. It sounds funny. It flows best. It's it, it, it's not hard to schedule. And um, after a while, we we be, it became a very um, a consistent and intentional thing to switch that person out with the, with a rotating cast. So right now, our big our main our main thing is that it's always me and my co-host, and then the the third person is um is part of a roster that we go to like every other week. You know, we have right now we have three main co-hosts, um, and again we switch off. One week we have this person, next week we have this person, and the third week we have the third person. That way, it's always and the chemistry is different for every podcast as well. So we always make sure that so every episode sounds different every episode is different um uh, with a different person it sounds different we talk about different things they have different segments and um that way they don't get tired they don't get burnt out with whatever we talk about we and my co-host and i always have something new to talk about because it's not the same person every time that's how we changed it up and made it more interesting over the years and now we've been kind of set on this um set on this new uh um not new it's been it's been like about 100 episodes where we're doing this Mm -hmm. one specific format um the content of the show has changed in that they you know all we call them semi-permanents that's what we call them uh they always have their own segments and they, you know slowly but surely like i will create a segment for them just so i could i could prepare less for the show you know things like that because <laughs> i was the main you know i was the main producer i was always trying to come up as much content as possible and so on um 
but that's how it's worked. That's how it's changed over the years, and that's how we finally like just figured out a good place where we're at, um, where it doesn't ever get yeah. too stale for us. And then whenever we have like a landmark episode, we try to do something a little different from before. Um, yeah, that's always a, obviously a big thing to do something different. Like I think our hundredth episode, which you know we've we've had a YouTube channel for years, which we you know we're periodically using it, and sometimes we don't. It's never had to do with podcasting before. We kind of keep the podcasting uh, side separate from the YouTube side, but we're just like let's just do it. Let's just do something with the YouTube with the podcast. So we did live stream with all three people at the same all three semi permanents at the same time. So it was five people, and we scheduled and we you know we made sure that it was a specific uh, agenda to go by, and we had a great like we have a great friend who um he's he his job is to make sure presentations go well at conventions so and he live streams and broadcasts all the time so he was perfect we had like a built-in person that could help us with that so he was like fantastic at that and you know granted it was it was it it, it started out as a clusterfuck but it, it was pretty entertaining and you know things like that we just like if so every time the landmark episode comes we try to do something a little bit different just like you said just try to keep things interesting so that we don't burn ourselves out because there was a point where we we're burning ourselves out and we finally figured out this dynamic and it just works it works so far at least i think it works i mean we have fun with it and, oh, yeah. I th- and I think those landmark episodes are like great. At even I guess you know some people might say that's like the episodes that you should be like the the way like the the most your show no. is like you should should take it. But for me, like yeah. it's it's the opposite. Like I feel like those are the episodes where like I'm going to go completely off the rails. Like oh, you're expecting me sitting around talking to somebody for an hour or two? No, no, no. It's going to be like episode twenty five. For, like so i the way i did mine was like landmarks were 25 and 50 and it was going to end up being 75 but i couldn't get what i wanted to happen happen so it, it, 100 is the next one but for 25 it was me sitting around in the car talking to myself as bat but for like one of my i think for my i think it was my first live show that i produced on my own um outside of like uh the the podcast festival and um and the anniversary show I did, which was basically a mini festival, uh, it, I we did it at a comic book store. So I had a guy, I had Thor on the show, and but but we did it where he like didn't have Marvel Thor's outfit. He said I can do like the traditional Norse Thor, and I was like, oh, oh my god, what if? Oh my god, what <laughs> if we do? Uh, the, we just market it as Marvel's Thor. Like we have Thor from the Marvel <laughs> universe coming to the show and you come out as your Norse God Thor funny ass accent that he had. And, um, and I just played off. Like, I think you're dressed silly. Like, I think you're <laughs> fucking with me. And, uh, and it, it went over bonkers. Like it was such a good time. It's it's probably my favorite live show to date uh, because it was just so silly, so silly. And that to me, like it, it, you know, landmark episodes that I can do things like that. Yeah, it's. I think there are people out there that think that you need to do what you yeah. normally do and just do it better for those. Yeah. But doing the most silliest bonkers thing, I think is way more important because it shows that you're versatile. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I don't know about going bonkers, but I always like to flip the script and do something a little different that's completely unexpected. That's what I always try to do for the landmark episodes. Like, um, but I, I see what you said. Uh, bonkers is fun too. We just, we just not that bonkers. <laughs> yeah, well, but like, and, and we did that within, I guess. So, so for me, and, and you and I have talked briefly 
off air about live shows. Um, it's, it's, and this is something that I just learned through, um, through the Philadelphia podcast festival, the people that run that, um, one of the first questions they asked the first year that I applied was like, okay, so you're going to do your show live. How are you going to make it different versus, uh, you sitting around a microphone? And that really made me think, um, to the point where like I was talking to my buddy and I was like, listen, I want to get you involved as the co-host because I can't stand up there, you know, by myself. Like I, 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 I will get way too nervous and I, I'll choke. And, uh, we were discussing ideas of what to do for the live show and he's like well i mean why not do like your own version of late night tv and like when he said that for years i've been saying that i wanted to do a youtube show that was my like a weekly late night show and i was like holy shit dude that makes so much goddamn sense and like that's what it is so that thor episode we did, you know, a late night show. I came out, I monologued for five minutes. We, we played a game and we had our guest who was Thor and we had a musician, um, at the end of that. So, um, so I guess like, I didn't, it didn't go completely bonkers. It's just that like that, that guest was bonkers, I guess. Um, and I think, yeah, just, I think being able to, um, I don't, I, I guess at the end of the day, like I do this show for me. And I don't do it like as much as I love the I love an audience and I love the people that take time out of their day to listen to the show. Uh, I want to make sure that I'm entertained and that helps make this show like it helps keep it going at the very least. I don't know how successful it is, but I, it I, keeps it going. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I'm like that's that's the only way you can do anything um, in a field that's so difficult to break through and try to get, make money out of. You just have to know. You have to do something that makes you happy, obviously. So it's just like, yeah, it's just that's the only way you can do it. That's the only way you can do it. That's a great philosophy, and that's why you've been in it for for ten years, man. That that's a, that is a huge accomplishment. And and, and it's funny because I'm way more proud of the fact that. Everything is awesome is about to hit 100 episodes than I am that I've been in it for 10 years because as much as I've been in it for 10 years, but there was definitely a two to three year break like that. I, you know, I I had a kid and I need to figure out how I'm and I tried doing it while I had the kid and it was just it was it was hard to do uh, because I was still doing that format where I relied on co-hosts and I finally, you know, one day was. Mm screwing around in uh, my shed which is slowly becoming my studio and my son who was three at the time came in and um he's like what are these and i was like oh they're microphones and we plug them into this mixer and then we do it i was sitting there with my son which is also probably the coolest thing i've done ever in podcasting is sit down with my son and and do like a little five to ten minute podcast <laughs> um that i eventually years later aired as like a, a bonus episode on on the everything is awesome feed um and it's something that like he wants to do it's just you know i need to get my studio complete for him and i to do it again but like it's um yeah just like that was honestly my kid is the one that jump started me back into it like i was at a place um where i was in it for probably like just about you like probably five maybe six years and i was like i i just i can't do it anymore like i can't deal with the scheduling i i can't you know i, I no one else is a night owl like me i have to be a night owl because my, my kids 
and like no one else had kids or, or if they did, like they were like, we're not staying up till fucking midnight, you ass clown. So like it, it was, it became hard to schedule. Um, and, and that's, you know, and me realizing I wanted to just do this, uh, you know, I finally came to something that I love doing. So it's a bit of a cheat to say I was in it for 10 years is, is the point of that, uh, spiel, but uh. Close yeah, enough. Yeah, close <laughs> enough. That's the, that's the name of my memoirs. Eh, close enough. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, I think we've I think we've uh, we've gotten everything we needed to know about podcasting uh, mm-hmm. out of the way. Um, so, so what got you? Because you're also a writer slash editor uh, yes. for at least DarkNightNews.com. Yes. Uh, um, where did writing come into everything or is, is it more so Batman? Like what, what's the, what got you to dark Knight news? Where's the origin point for that? Is it something to more because it's Batman or because you wanted um, to write? I wanted to write. I've been writing since I was a kid. Uh, just like I wrote a story once when I was in, in summer school and the, the teacher's like, this is great. This is so good that you don't have to write for the rest of the semester. I'm like, Whoa, re- what really? And like, that was the confidence boost I needed to just keep, cheap writing like i've been writing ever since i was a kid i wrote in high school a lot because i was uh that was the editor of the newspaper and i wrote a lot of the content in the, in the high school newspaper and it just kept going i just really enjoyed writing i really enjoyed like uh, journalism wasn't originally what i wanted to do but it was just um uh, just just a way for me to write now i really enjoy journalism i don't know why how that how that changed i was mostly in the self-expression which i still do but um um but it just it went from it went from uh high school newspaper to i found this movie website this local movie website in here in Miami that's now defunct and um, so I wrote for him and he put me through the grinder he um, no, not grinder the gay dating app he put me he he, he made me go through boot camp basically because I was writing like like 10 articles 10 12 articles a day 8 hours a day even I wasn't getting paid I wasn't getting paid I was just doing it because I wanted to write I got I was I hadn't written in like what I had written like five or six years not for myself at least I wrote for college obviously but nothing for myself and I was like I'm really into movies I want to work with you just because I feel like writing so he put me through the ringer he made me write like eight hours a day 10 out 10 12 articles a day for about a year until finally he closed it down and went to Ada cool news which you know I didn't get to go with him because I you know I just couldn't do it um, then after that, I wrote for an indie website um, that my brother was working on. That went absolutely nowhere. So after after that, I was just like, I really want to write again. I don't know where to write. I want to play. I mean, so I wrote for a few. I wrote a few reviews here and there for a uh, comic book movie. You know, anybody can uh, can uh, register and write for the, for them. Um, but then, like, I just saw Dark Knight News. I'm like, I love Batman, and I was like, I would definitely write news about Batman. So I just emailed the at the time the owner of the, of the Dark Knight News, and he's like, You're perfect. Come on up. Come on up that's it and then i've been with dark knight news for about four years now so it's it's uh it's just just grinding grinding with um uh, with with that website until eventually uh, my my former editor-in-chief i'm like do you need help buddy because he was he was working really hard by himself and he was like if you need help i'll help you i've been with the site long enough to know what the site needs so he's like please i really need your help right now so that was that so that's how i became an editor but um yeah i've been writing for a long time it's a really big passion of mine um I just like writing. In the end, I just I just really really enjoy writing, and it's funny because at the time that I found Dark Knight News, I was blast from me. I wasn't always the biggest Batman fan. I was just like, oh, he's cool. Oh my he's God. cool. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And then like, <laughs> what happens? I was gonna say that you know, uh, I, I what I love Batman in the sense yeah. that like, I, I am like I I always watch, I've always watched the animated series. I've always watched the movies. Um, I didn't start reading Batman until Scott Snyder in the new 52. 
I was I was never a um, I wasn't even a DC fan. I was a Marvel zombie, uh, and, and and even that like I wasn't a hardcore comic book reader uh, until. Um, the Walking Dead and Marvel Civil War, the original Civil War, brought me back into it, uh, and I was a little hardcore for a couple of years there, but still, it was very, it was very Marvel be, uh, based. Um, Snyder uh, mm. brought me into um, the the New Fifty Two, and that was the, I only read Batman at that point because um, I really only cared about Batman, uh, and I would <laughs> still say like my my Batman knowledge is way noob level. Uh, compared to probably everyone on darknightnews.com. No, I'm actually I'm about your level because I again like this is blasphemy. I I don't read comics a whole lot, and I definitely did get into it because of Scott Snyder. Like he's the run that I've been consistent with the New Fifty Two run. Um, but um, I really mostly got into it because of the animated movies. I was working at Blockbuster at the time, and you know free rentals, so I was watching those movies like crazy, and I'm like. I really like Batman. <laughs> yeah, it's like me. I mean, I, it is always be my Batman. Um, though, though, I will admit that Ben Affleck, uh, I really do enjoy. But I will, I will never stray from the Keaton. Uh, but, and, and same thing. And <laughs> I would actually say that maybe I would say that Conroy is my Batman, uh, even over Keaton, because when I do read yeah. a comic, um, and I it's read the Conroy's voice. Yeah, I hear I hear Conroy's, uh, Conroy's voice for Batman. I hear Hamill's voice for the Joker. Joker, like yeah. that's the two constants. And, and yeah. um, as, as much as I enjoyed Keaton, and as much as I enjoy Ben Affleck or, or Heath Ledger as the Joker, um, you know uh, those those animated uh, you know stories were just so so good. Um, and, and just as good, if not better, than the story. Oh yeah, I mean, like the, those those representations of Batman are like some of the mo- are probably the most definitive in, in visual media. Not not like, of course, comics are completely are a different side to it. But like, if you're talking about like television and movies, it doesn't get any better than Batman the animated series. Um, see, that's that's where my that's where my knowledge is. Like, I don't really don't have a whole lot of comic book knowledge aside from just like intensive research and a few books in here here and there that I've read. It's it's mostly steeped in Batman the animated series. And and the DCAU and stuff like that. Like that's where most of my knowledge is. That's where I, 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 I love, fucking love the the DCAU with the passion. And if, like you said, Conroy is my Batman. Nobody else comes close to him. Not like I, I'm okay with live action Batmans, but like honestly, I could couldn't care less as long as Conroy is still on this earth. To be honest, like, <laughs> like it's just like whatever. They're fine. They're cool. They do their thing. But Conroy will always be my Batman. And oh, but no, the best, the closest one I think is is Affleck to me. Affleck was. Hit. He was so good. Um, the, to me, the best live-action Batman. And I don't have anything against Keaton, but like I didn't, I didn't really grow up with that Batman. Those Batman movies. Um, they're pretty silly now by comparison. <laughs> I mean, well, especially. It, I, I don't know. See, I still, I, I can watch the original Batman, and I can, I can see some of the silliness behind it, especially compared to Nolan's. But yeah. for me, like, it's still, it's, it's still kind of. It's not Schumacher, like those. Oh, God, of course not. Same universe, yeah. but like those ones are definitely silly. But oh yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's like I'm. I was when I didn't watch it when it came out. I was five when when Keaton's Batman came out. So I probably I probably saw that in the mid '90s, um, right around when I was like really into uh, the animated uh, series. Um, so yeah. come up at the same time, and I, I and I think what I. Like if I'm being object, like completely objective, and and not like just, just looking at you know what I loved as a child, um, Ben Affleck I think does a 
really good job at, uh, at portraying Bruce Wayne, which is something that I don't think we've really seen before is like a really good Bruce Wayne. Um, except for, for the animated series, of course, where, where I love that Conroy portrays the character as, you know, Batman's the character and, and, and Bruce Wayne's the disguise. That I've always really loved. I love that. Especially because you hear earlier episodes, he, whenever he portrays, um, uh, Bruce Wayne, his voice goes way higher and a little almost clownish compared to his, his take on Batman. I love Conroy. You can't, you can, we can say you, if you want to sit here and talk about Conroy for an hour, I will talk about Conroy. I love Conroy. (laughs) Like I just did a review for justice league, uh, the flashpoint paradox. And trust me, that movie is amazing. But like what it all boils down to my favorite, my favorite part of that, that movie is the very end when Kevin Conroy comes in delivers two lines about how you're one hell of a messenger and thank you oh my god I love it he was so good in that part you know like I will fanboy about Conroy all the time like he, he's, he's my Batman nobody ever comes close and Affleck is great and then, like you say Affleck is the best Bruce Wayne but I promise you there's gonna be a bunch of Nolan fanboys that will argue with you like crazy because of how much they love Bale as Bruce Wayne oh my god see I and I don't know I I appreciate the Nolan movies. I think they're really good. They're really good, uh, gritty, um, real world take on Batman. Um, but I just I feel like I don't even think about Ben Affleck as the as the role. Like I look at those movies and I what I see are movies that Michael Keaton could have done and <laughs> done it way better than Bale. And I don't think Bale was bad. Like, I think Bale did a great job. But I also see Bale as a guy who couldn't go back to the 1989 movie and do what Keaton did. Like, I, I just think Keaton's a better actor. Um, and I think that... Uh, I, I don't think... And I, I will admit that maybe Keaton's Bruce Wayne is a little weird. Like, it's, it's not the norm. Um, but... I don't know. I just, I do not. I love the Nolan movies. I just do not think like they, like I, I could easily yeah. forget them if, uh, yeah. if I needed to. Like if I had to pick a set of movies to forget, uh, the Nolan movies are the first to go. And and, and definitely the Dark Knight yeah. being the hardest one to let go of because trilogy, uh, uh, something that I can remember and look fondly about is Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker. Um, and he was only in one of those movies. Yeah, to be, I mean, like I, I've said it before, like Dark Knight is is a really good movie. But what really brings it up to the stratosphere, like skyrockets it to like stellar status, is Heath Ledger's Joker because it's it's that good. It <laughs> it transcends that movie. It's so good. It's way better than his portrayal of Joker is better than the movie itself. Like it's so good. I mean, don't get me wrong, Batman Begins is a great movie too. But like it's Dark Knight that's like obviously the peak of that yeah. trilogy. And you know what? I I will say, and and I don't give Aaron Eckhart enough credit, but my buddy oh he's good yeah my 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 best friend um he makes he's always made a valid point about aaron eckhart is that um he doesn't get enough credit because he not only had he had to act to be harvey dent he had to be crazy harvey (laughs) dent and he had to be two-face like he had to do three different takes on the same character and in, in one like to a degree that's like that's more impressive than what heath ledger did um but I think, yeah. I, I don't know, the Joker is just so iconic, and that performance as the Joker, uh, I, I think the only thing that really tops it is, is Hamill's Joker. Um, so, like, it's, it's a great I don't movie. Know, it's just, yeah, The Dark Knight is just such a great movie. And, yeah, and, and it, that would be the movie that would be, 
like I would have to think if that's the Batman I want to forget because of that movie. Um, I guess as of now, I could say that Ben Affleck might be the Batman I would have to forget because we don't know what his future really entails. But um, I just have a feeling that Ben Affleck will be a much I mean, better... In, I mean, I know BVS was very divisive and people didn't like that movie, but I I, I like it. I like it a lot for what it is. Um, and yeah. part of the reason is because yeah. Affleck is a great Batman. He really is. Like, does he? He's a really good Batman that I honestly think made me forget about Bale. Because I mean, to me, Bale was forgettable anyway. Yeah. Like, he wasn't yeah. bad. He was forgettable. But like, Affleck really took it. Like, he really like made it, made it his own. Made a really badass Batman that you didn't want to fuck with. And it's just like he's a good Batman. And no one get. I mean, they give him credit, but like because that movie wasn't that good, like people don't give him enough credit, in my opinion. I and I agree with that. And it's. I um it's it's I forget who I had this conversation with but like to have a Batman versus Superman movie like on paper should be a movie that like I'm buying 10 tickets to yeah. and uh the, the the trailers were really like just piss poor I think I saw it right around when Wonder Woman came out uh like I probably really? saw it maybe a couple months before that like maybe like a month before Wonder Woman and um I, it was one of those things where, like, I was so, like, prepared for the worst that by the time I was done watching it, I was like, okay, like, I can see why this is a bad movie, but, like, it was, like, it's a good rainy day, there's nothing else on TV kind of movie to watch. Um, it's fun. I didn't, yeah, I I don't know. I I would never say that I liked that movie. It, it wasn't an... It, it was... Um, I didn't like it, but I definitely didn't hate it. It's something that I would, I I would watch again if nothing else was on. Like if I if every like if every copy of every other DVD I had, I think that, honestly here was Ang Lee's Hulk. That's to me <laughs> the worst movie I've ever seen. Like it's my version of the room. So, like it's just so. Bad. So it's I mean so it's like the only oh, you said the only thing worse than that is Ang Lee's Hulk. So that means that it's one of the worst movies you've seen. Um. Probably, I mean, it's if I, it's probably. Um, I see. I have a problem with uh, Zack Snyder. I'm not a huge fan of of Man of Steel, uh, and and I saw Man. Um, I think I could make an argument to put it in the top t- top ten worst movies I've seen, but um, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure that like just like the top ten movies that I love, I'm sure that that list changes easily. Uh, so I, I don't know. It's I, okay. I'll say comic book movie at the very least. Uh, Ang Lee's Hulk is probably the only thing I do not like, uh, more than Batman versus Superman. Um, and that's saying something because, well, and I haven't seen the new version of fantastic four because again, that looks it's terrible. Not, it's bad. But uh, not that bad, but continue. <laughs> okay. Um, and I, like, I, I don't know. There's a, I forgive a lot of comic book movies, um, and Batman versus Superman. It's just, I, I, again, I, I, I don't know. There's just something about it that, again, I will sit down and watch it if there's nothing else on to watch, um, or if I really just like, I'll probably watch like all the Batman parts and fast forward through everything else and the Wonder Woman parts because Gal Gadot is pretty genius yeah. as well. Um, I mean, it, did you see the ultimate version? Uh, you know, I have not, and I and I do okay. want to watch that. But, and I'll tell you what, I will buy this movie. I don't own it yet, but I will buy it because mm-hmm. I do own Ang Lee's Hulk. 
because I am that guy that will buy the comic book movie because I need to have them all. Despite for whatever weird version uh, reason, I don't know. Despite hating it, um, the Ultimate Edition is better. Uh, not not by a whole lot, but it is better. Like it, it makes the movie a little bit more cohesive. There's a little bit more with Superman. There's a little bit more with Batman. It's it, it it's. It doesn't like make it a good movie, but it does make it better. Like it, it, it like let's say I give it a six out of a ten. It went to like a seven point five out of ten because of. Oh, Ultimate see, that's Edition. that's good it, though. It like that, like to yeah. me, a seven out of a seven and a half, or even like a seven out of ten. Like that's still a decent movie. Like that's it's not terrible. Like for me, if I had to like just on, on the spot uh, at twelve oh five a.m. on October twenty fifth. Uh, give a number to Batman versus Superman. I'm probably going a hard four on that movie, which is saying something because Angley's Hulk is probably a one. So I mean, it's 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 not terrible. I, I've definitely seen worse movies than than that. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I, I do want to watch the Ultimate Edition. I've heard that it's worth. It's just if out. you have three hours to kill, it's it's obviously very long. Um, it, I mean, personally, I, I liked Batman vs Superman. I understand why people don't like it. It has a lot of flaws, but like I appreciate what it is. Like there's a there's a bunch of fantastic moments, like a lot of great moments for like Batman fans to go absolutely yeah. insane. Like the, obviously, like the 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 fight between Batman and Superman was obviously not at all lifted from the comic book uh, Dark Knight Returns, but it was pretty cool. It was great seeing he seeing him be his ass and then um and then there's there's the oft uh praised warehouse scene when batman just destroys everybody in a giant warehouse and nobody i I don't think i've heard a single person criticize that scene because it's so cool um and then obviously when wonder woman lands in the right in front of batman to block the blast from the heat rave the heat rave blast from uh um from doomsday like that's like a jaw-dropping moment like i lost it in the movie theater once i saw her jump down and use her bracelets and then when she when she brought out the lasso of truth i was shouting in the movie theater like it was such a stupid such a stupid little thing but i was having a huge fanboy moment once when she pulled out the the lasso of truth but it's just it has to me like as as a huge batman fan and dc fan like it has a lot of great moments that you can cheer at for being a fanboy, but it's just wrapped up in like not very good storytelling. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I'm very forgiving on a lot of things when it comes to uh, movies um, and or television. Um, and for me, a lot of times it just has a lot to do with like, hey, from the journey from A to B, like was it was it good? Was it worth it? Um, I can forgive bad acting. I can forgive some bad direction. And, and as long as the story is solid. And, and that's, I think, that the yeah. problem with that movie is, like, you're right. There's a lot of moments that I can pick out of that movie and just replay over and over again and be like, oh, man, this is like this is a great sequence in Batman versus Superman. Um, but yeah. I, I, I feel like they've done a lot of course correction from that. Like, And I, I think putting Wonder Woman... Um, as a period piece, I think was was the best thing they could do because it forced them to limit what the story could be and who you involved with it. Like it had to be just a Wonder Woman yeah. story. Nothing else could really be involved in that story. Yeah, they had the little opening and the little ending that you know obviously hinted at Bruce and Batman being involved, but other than that, like it was just such an amazing flick, and. And it showed me that, all right, DC can do something with with their properties. And have you noticed that, like, since then, 
Wonder Woman has kind of been the central focus of a lot of things. Yeah, the Justice League trailers for one. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. was looking at a uh, a picture the other day of the Justice League team, the movie team. And I guess technically she's not direct center because there's more people on one side than the other. If you were to divide, like if you were to cut the picture 50%, 50% of Wonder Woman's on one side, 50% of Wonder Woman's on the other side. Like she's like quite literally the central focus of the DCEU now. And that's kind of like, it's awesome because, you know, I, I think it's great that uh, in, in a world that that's pretty dominated by men and, and, and mm-hmm. male action heroes that, that we have this like female hero that not only women can relate to, but like I totally was able to relate to it on, on a certain level. It's great that she's the central focus, but like it's it's also kind of nuts that like, hey, man, like Su- Superman and Batman are literally like not the central focus, like the two of the it's biggest Superman. superheroes of all time. Not the central thing. Yeah, that is that is pretty cool to admire about them right now. I mean, and I'm sure they didn't do it intentionally. It just happened that way. But like, Batman and Superman have long being have long long histories of being the biggest superheroes in the world. From back from you know the 50s when yeah. when they're in series for Batman and this and the Superman uh, TV series and so forth. These are the biggest heroes in the world. And right now they're trailing behind how they're Wonder Woman. And it's and of all female superheroes, it's Wonder Woman. You know, one yeah. of the first female superheroes, uh, the most iconic, the most feminist, um, not the most feminist, but a feminist icon. And like, it, it's just, it's just awesome that it's Wonder Woman of all, of all the other, of all, every other female character, superhero, it's Wonder Woman. That, that's, that's the one that's kind of yeah. leading this DC, DCU right now. And, and especially cause like it, people doubted, doubted Gal Gadot, Gadot really, really, um, a lot like they really really doubted her and now she's the best part of the dcu right now like they're just like she's too skinny she doesn't look like it like there was so much shit thrown at her just like they did Affleck. and you know thankfully she showed them up in her own solo movie and you know what everybody's want everybody wants to see more of her now. everybody wants to see more of her and it's just like it's a great story to it's a great story in like just the legit like in just the how it happened with the with just the movie making aspect and the world building, not just the great story of of like a Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot. Oh, sorry, I keep mispronouncing her name, Gal Gadot, and like the movies, like the stories in the movies, but just the stories how the movie came to be. Like it's just cool how that worked out for her and Wonder Woman. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm having trouble describing no, I, it. <laughs> and I, I I get what you're saying, and um, it was it's it, that movie came out at sli- like such the right time. Uh, you know, it's a couple months before it came out. I had an awesome discussion with uh, this actress, Casey Spivey, uh, and and we we it, it took like a serious turn when we started talking about uh, you know women in in Hollywood and whatnot. You know, it's it, it's it, it's totally just the the obvious sequel to our conversation because you know this movie just proved what everything we said we wanted from Hollywood, um, and it's. You know, it's 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 just a sign that uh, hopefully old Hollywood is finally starting to die out and realize that they're wrong. Uh, and I say this at a time where where there's a this is another hour conversation, but I say this at a time where there's where, where there's a lot of controversy. Uh, you know, with 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 the Weinstein's and stuff like that. So yeah. uh, there is a lot of controversy around around that. But I think we're finally um, in a in a where, where it's starting to shift uh, in in all the right ways. Hopefully. 
I mean, I hope so. I, I'm not. I'm not hopeful. I hope so, but I'm not very hopeful. I mean, like, there's people like James Cameron. You know, James Cameron. <laughs> oh is, my god, what a dick! <laughs> what a dick, right? Like, he's the one of the biggest. He is the big, the biggest filmmaker in the world. If he, because you know, Avatar and Titanic are the highest grossing movies of all time, and he has why? Like, what? What does he get out of shitting on Wonder Woman? Like, what? Nothing. Nothing other than the bolster his own ego about Sarah Connor was more was better than Wonder Woman. Like, what kind of asshole is that? Like, just. To, to shit on a movie that has nothing to do with you, just to just to promote your own old character from the past that like everybody under, already recognizes as awesome. Like you don't have to do that. Like that that things like that is gonna make like make me like not believe it's gonna happen anytime soon. And of course, what's happening with the with the Weinstein's? I mean, like it's uh, Harvey specifically. Obviously, it's just like it, it's obvious. It's still happening, and like it, it sucks that it's happening. But, I mean, like you said, I hope so. I really, really hope that this is going to be a shift towards what it needs to be in progression. Um, but I, I, I'm not hopeful. <laughs> I mean, it may not be uh, in our young lifetime, at least. I'm hoping by, by the time I'm an old, old man that uh, that 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 means the rest of Hollywood is my age and that they're they're running things right. But who knows? Uh, you know, like you said, uh, I, I'm yeah. going to be, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm going to, I, I take that Kevin Smith route of positivity, uh, all the way to the grave. <laughs> I, I wish I could be as positive as he, man. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> as him, I'm, I'm just not, I'm more pragmatic. I'd like to think like, it's just like realistically speaking. And then, you know, I don't want to get too political, but obviously the folks, up, uh, the folks in government at the moment are just desperately trying to keep everybody else down. And it's just like, Oh God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I'm, uh, uh, <laughs> this, yeah. I, uh, I agree. I, I I don't. Uh, I do not disagree. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that being said, uh, is there anything else, parting words about podcasting, writing, Batman that you want to share with the folks? Let me see. Um, I mean, just take what a lot of what you know, what Kevin said, what you said just now. Like, just do it because you love it. Do it for the passion and and, and enjoy it because. If you do it for the wrong reasons, if you don't do it for yourself, it, it's not going to go anywhere. It's, you're not. It, it's going to end up being a waste of your time, almost like it's just not not a waste of your time. But you're not going to. It's not going to be fulfilling. That's the only way I can say it. it's not going to be fulfilling at all if you don't do it. For, the only if you don't do it because you love it. Um, I mean that could obviously go towards writing, goes towards anything. Um, so just make sure that whatever you do, you love, obviously, um, yeah. and you know. Batman's better than Superman. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! True words have never been spoken. <laughs> um, someone who's started like kind of being able to read like read comics again over the last two months. Uh, go out there and read some goddamn Batman uh, or anything really. Like it's all good, but like uh, uh, just read some stuff from DC. Like I, I am so sad that I didn't read DC as a kid because it is so so good, yeah. so much better. Like. Definitely better than a lot of the Marvel stuff that I've read. Like, uh, as you know, I think I've read some Marvel stuff uh, as recently as about two or three years ago, and it was it was garbage compared to what I'm reading uh, in the DC world. I, I wish I could say, I'm, again, I'm not that much of a comic book guy, so I couldn't tell you whether or not Marvel was any good or bad. Um, I like Spider Man, if that's any consolation. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, you know what? And uh, before we, we we officially end, I'll say I was read. Oh shit! I forget the name of the title. Um, you know, I think it was just like partnered up with for that arc. Uh, so like he, there was Spider Man and Captain America. There was Spider Man and Deadpool. It was like um, 
I only read it's it for like, like a couple months, but it was some of the best Spider-Man. It, it remind see going back to Batman the animated series, how that kind of defines uh, like a lot of uh, my my Batman knowledge. A lot of my X-Men and Spider-Man knowledge also come from the '90s cartoons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and. So, so when I think of Spider-Man, I always am looking for that voice, whether it's the live action or, or a cartoon. I'm looking for that voice that I, I heard in that animated series. And it was the first time I read a Spider-Man comic book in years uh, at that point. And this was going back probably th- three or four years ago. I read the book and the voice I heard in my head for the first time in years was um was this the same guy who did the like it was spider-man from the 90s like it was just amazing it was 90s spider-man to a t and i was uh, uh and and i have a feeling awesome. that uh i think there's currently a spider-man deadpool title out there i'm not 100 percent sure because i'm again I, I i have not uh just like you i'm not up on the current comic books yeah. um except for the dc mm-hmm. world and uh, but there, I believe there's a Spider-Man Deadpool title out there that I've heard some pretty good things about. Uh, so uh, go read Batman and Spider-Man. I guess is what I'm saying. They're the two things yeah. I take away from this episode. I mean, Dark Knight's uh, metal. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh God, yeah. Uh, Save for that last issue. That last issue was rough. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was, it was. It's you know what's it? Oh, God. Okay. One one last one last tangent. Um, fellow uh, writer for Dark Knight News, uh, Steve J, uh, Steve Chen, yes. and posted some screenshots, screenshots of it. So I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna Google myself." And like, <laughs> I guess there's, I forget what the website is, um, but it's like, like comicbookreviewers.com or something. That yeah, yeah, I know that website. Yeah, it, it takes all your reviews for yeah. comic books in general. Yeah, it's so a cool. I website. saw that. I saw that on the first page. I was like, "Holy crap!" I was like, I, you know, it's the first time I've seen, like, and, and like, there's a couple, like, uh, there's a couple, like, results when I Google my actual name, the way I credit myself. Like, there's more results than I've ever seen before in my life up there that are mine. And I saw that, and I was like, huh. Oh, yeah, I forgot how much I hated <laughs> that last strong word, because I still gave it a seven. But, man, it was... Yeah, you gave it a pretty high score, actually. It I remember was, that. It was, oh, you know what? No, it, but the one that I really hated was... Uh, and not again hates a strong word but was really disappointed in uh was the drowned i really wanted that to be a lot better than it was i just it did not hit me and i think i'm in the minority uh because i've talked to a bunch of people and they all loved it i think i'm just it did not hit me the way i wanted it to hit to hit me you didn't did you review it or was that uh conroy no i i i reviewed um i reviewed the drowned yeah and uh, it was. Uh, did you read it? I haven't read it. I read your review of it. And you were pretty forgiving of it. You didn't. You didn't. You, I didn't bury it. Yeah, the way you're talking about it right now, it's. It, I'm surprised because I thought you liked it. <laughs> I think I gave it a. I think I gave it a six, which is the lowest thing I've to date. Is the lowest comic book I've rated is a six. Oh really? Right, um, okay. But it is. Um, it's just it, the character, the idea is so much better than what was executed. Um, and I don't think it was any, I, I don't, I don't know who to blame, put the blame on. It's just, I think the problem with, with all these tie-ins is that they start to get repetitive with, you know, Oh, let's explain what the dark knights are and who they are. And like birth from the light and the darkness, like we think the light is evil. And like, it just was very repetitive in, in like explaining where she came from uh, I've heard the story. Like I know where the dark multiverse comes from, and I know why her world died. Like I get it. I don't need to hear it again. 
so I'm actually uh, when we're done this, I want to sit down and read uh, the the Merciless. Okay. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to that one. So I'm hoping that I don't get boned on that because uh, that one looks super interesting. I mean, like the only thing I can say in regards to that is just like it's you got to invoke Stan Lee. Every everybody's comic book could be their first comic book. Like it's just someone who hasn't been reading the other tie-ins or or Dark Knights for that matter. They're just like they just saw the cover of Batman and the Drown. They're like, holy shit, this looks cool, and they read it. You know, that's the only way I can excuse that. And I agree. And I th- I think I mentioned that in my review, uh, or or at least like I like my spin on what you just said. And and, and it's also why like and I, I'm probably hating on it more than I really should. Uh, now, but uh, it, it is definitely why I was as forgiving as I was in the in in the um, review. It's just it um, it did not hit me the way I expected it to hit me. Uh, you had high expectations. Yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. was my problem with that. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, it's I I had the uh, same high expectations for the Red Death one, and um, you know, whereas uh, that one was, you know. Uh, pretty low on my ranking as well it's 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 i had issues with that one but that one was more about like the idea did you i haven't read any of the tie-ins i haven't read anything (laughs) okay so without without spoiling too much the red debt like the idea that batman is willing to kill a fellow justice leaguer even if it's in a dark multiverse world it just it seems really bonkers to me like it just the the motivation wasn't spelled out clear enough for me like i i i it just, I didn't get it. It was, if you read, I think if, uh, I don't know, I would hope that if you read it, you would understand where I was coming from because I just, it does not make, the motivation doesn't make sense. Other than that, the story was actually pretty good. Um, whereas like The Drowned, I get the motivation. The story just wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Mm, I see. I, I just, I, again, like, I just hope that you don't get your, your you don't get, um, too hyped for the Batman who laughs because because I know everybody's anticipating that book, and then you find out that it's just not as good as, as you expected it to be, then it's going to be a real big disappointment for you, I'd imagine. With the Dawnbreaker, uh, the, I, I try to read these issues like two, maybe three times, just to like let it sink in. Because um, like I, you know, I'm I'm reading them to review, so like <clears throat> the first time I read it for me, the second time I read it just to make sure like. I'm being kind of objective about it. And then if, if, if I'm still unsure, I'll read it a third time. And like the Dawnbreaker, the first time I read it, I was like, Oh God, this is terrible. Like I, I did not like it. And I want to say I read it a second time and it went like, I think I gave it a 10. Like I, I it, so, so I was able to reread it and like have a different mindset about it. And I loved it. I just, I could not do it for the drowned. I, here's my hope for the Batman who laughs. I, I really think they should give that some extra pages. I think that's part of the problem with some of these tie-ins is that the pacing's a little off. They could course correct a lot of things that they, they were trying to do. So uh, my advice to Scott Snyder or whoever is going to end up writing that, but Scott Snyder and I was kind of like the guy in charge for this storyline. Uh, give, uh, if, if it's not done, if you're if you're not finished it yet, Give that an extra five pages. I hope so because he's gonna make a lot of people. Um, get, he's gonna disappoint a lot of people if it's not up to par. Because I know people are excited for that book just based on the dark, incredibly twisted version of Batman we're getting, and the, yeah. the images are incredible oh so God, far for yeah. that book. So just, 
I just, I mean, like, I hope they listen. I hope they're doing something along those lines because I don't want to hear all the hate that's going to come out after that book comes out. Yeah, and I, and that one, I think, you know, I, I'm definitely going to try to try to go into it with with lower expectations than I have right now. But um, it's just the, such the idea of, of like that Batman is just so genius. Like yeah, everyone wants it to work. Um, yeah, though honestly, absolutely. I'll tell you what, I think after reading the the drowns i like the idea of that batman uh, or batwoman really more than i actually like the batman who laughs um i would i would definitely like i want to see a series on that on that particular world and hopefully with a better story <laughs> yeah i i would i would read like if, if it was like a seven to ten issue miniseries that like kind of flushed out her character a lot more and like was a, a kind of like a prequel to this i would 100 percent read that like that so far, the, the the Bryce Wayne is the only character from these Dark Knights that I've said, oh, man. Like, I've said it a couple times, but, like, I really mean it. Like, I want to see, like, a miniseries from this one. Like, there's no reason not to. Like, it's just such an interesting concept, like, this character. I'll be explored a little bit more uh, in some fashion. I mean, I don't doubt that, like, if, the, if, you know, if this event goes off very well, that they'll do miniseries in all of the Dark Batman. I don't see why they wouldn't do that. I, and I would, I, would, uh, I, I would probably pick and choose uh, them. Because, you know, and I think the, the, the Red Death, like, I think he would benefit from it. Because like it would it would it would flush out that motivation and it would make Batman's motivation in the Red Death. I think I would appreciate that story a lot more because, um, because I I didn't necessarily hate the story. I just didn't like the motivation, and mm-hmm. I I called it in that review. I still think that somehow the Red Death is is help save the day because, well, spoilers. Barry Allen of that negative if that of that dark multiverse is not dead. So it's if you've read the book, you know what I mean. <laughs> so without spoiling it for you, Adam. Uh it's I, I still I think that Batman can actually like have some good left in him somewhere. Um but that being said, it's finally time to rein this in. So Adam <laughs> why why don't you give some plugs, buddy? Oh, okay. Um Please check out our website, droppingloads.com. Uh, it's, it's where we put all of our stuff, our, our uh, videos, our, our podcast. Please check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash droppingloadsp. Uh, we're putting up content every week. There's at least a couple of, there's at least two or three videos going up every week on a bunch of different things, not, not just like our podcast, just a bunch of different things, including a lot of geeky stuff too. Um, and uh, if you want to follow me at droppingloadspc, I, try, I put out all of our uh, stuff on there. Um, and of course, Dark Knight News because that's where both of us are writing currently. Yes. Uh, Adam, thanks for doing the show. It was a pleasure uh, talking to you more in depth about some of these nerdy things we enjoy. No, it was a pleasure. The pleasure was mine. Thanks so much for having me on, Kevin. And, and congrats, uh, you know, a preemptive congrats on the 200 episodes that you're going to hit in a couple of weeks. Uh, super exciting. <laughs> something to be proud of. Don't be ashamed to say that you're proud of it because uh, it is a feat that, especially as an indie podcaster, I can say I've never had a podcast that I hosted and produced, uh, make it to 200 episodes yet. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's something that you, you can be in the business 10 years and not hit that number. So, uh, be super proud. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. And then, uh, I guess I can also extend the same preemptive congrats to you because uh, your hundredth is coming up and I'm sure it's going to be a big deal too. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm actually, I'm hoping to finalize some things tomorrow about it. So it's, I'm really excited for it. 
Um, all right. Uh, make sure you check out everything is awesome on awesomepodcast.com. We are part of the Core Temp Arts Podcast Network on coretemparts.com. Uh, you can see other shows on there like uh, TV at my brain, talking Shandala, let's chat with Rebel and friends, uh, and a whole slew of others. If you like this show, are way better than this show. Uh, uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Real Awesome Pod. We're on Facebook.com/slash Real Awesome Pod, uh, and you can find me on Twitter where I just do most of my tweeting at that nerdy Kev. And of course, as Adam said, DarkNightNews.com, where we're both writers for. Uh, check that out if you have a love for Batman and hell, even if you don't give it a, give it a try because we'll sway you to be a fan of Batman, uh, for everything is awesome. I'm Kev right here on awesomepodcast.com. We've been awesome. Thank you for listening to the court and parts podcast network to listen to more court and parts shows. Visit court